Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim. And first off, I immensely apologize because both Kim and I are sick. <laughs> um, we are going to do our best to contain the sniffles, the coughing, all that jazz. But we are both very nasally. I don't even know if we sound different from each other. Um, so if we don't, I apologize. But today we are talking about Anthem, which is Sarah's birthday pick. So... Happy birthday, Sarah. You still need to come get your birthday gifts. Got time. What? You got time? No, no, no. Because by the time this comes out, your birthday will have passed. So I'm going to assume that you have not come by oh. the end of the month. Well, then and... it's too late. So, oh, well. Get them next year. I'm not even wrapping <clears throat> them. You just have to come pick them up. I'm not going to wrap them because I know you hate unwrapping things. So I'm just going to like... Be in front of people. I don't just, like aww. wrapping things in front of people. I'm not, I'm not wrapping them. I'm just going to pass them off to oh, you. Well, then I will not accept them. And you will. <laughs> you know what one of them is, and I know you'll love the other one. Is that a challenge? It is. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm challenging you with Kim's gift to you, but... <laughs> you know what I got you. All right. This is true. Did that come? No, I was going to mention that. I'm talking about the other thing that's already here that we're getting another set of. I don't remember now. From the place. So what book are we talking about? <laughs> okay. I will remind you, Kip, because, uh, yeah, the other thing that arrives, I will give that to her as well. So you may, your birthday gifts may double by the time you come pick them up. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, let's right. talk about the book. <laughs> we are discussing Anathem, which is by Neil Stevenson and was published in 2008 by William Morrow and Company. He is an American writer known for his speculative fiction. Uh, his books tend to be like further classified as science fiction, historical fiction, cyberpunk, post-cyberpunk, and arc. B-A-R-O-U-U-E-Brook. Okay. Um, and in his works, he likes to explore mathematics, cryptography. Cryptography. Thank you. Linguistics, philosophy, currency, and the history of science. The plot, and I know Sarah is just going to love this. There is a teen male. A monastery kind of thing. It worships mathematics, science, and philosophy, kind of. A thing appears in the sky. The male has to help solve the problem. There is a lot of traveling, lots of philosophy conversations, faith, quantum physics, multiple versions until the right version. That's the end. I mean, spoilers, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> Was I wrong, though? <laughs> I don't know how much we get into quantum mechanics, but, you know. Very, like, all of the space stuff is quantum physics. Is it, though? Kim, help me. It's quantum physics, right? The, the whole, like, <laughs> variations and, <laughs> and, like... I can't even... Yes. It is quantum mechanics. Qu quantum physics. I don't know about quantum mechanics. I don't I know I the meant, difference between the two. 
I think I meant quantum physics, and I accidentally <laughs> wrote quantum mechanics because sick brain, and I thought mechanics, physics, they're the same thing. So, but yeah, that's that's all quantum physics, okay. yes. from my understanding of it. But, whew, very limited understanding of anything quantum, so. I, no, you're my expert. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. So, Sarah, this is your birthday pick. Mm-hmm. What are your feelings about this book? I like this book. Oh, um, I like it. Just dislike yeah. it. Follow three stars, well, we're done, good to go. <laughs> I mean, now, obviously, this was also a revenge pick. We know <laughs> this already. Um and if I genuinely wanted to introduce someone to Neil Stevenson, I would not throw Anne at them. At them. I just wouldn't. I would ease them into it a little bit more, you know? Um, maybe start with like Zodiac or maybe Reemd, you know, those are a bit more. Who are you getting revenge on? Um, just you, both of you. <laughs> Why me? <laughs> Because you're the one who came up with the idea of the trilogy war and then trapped us in a cycle of nine books. It's time to shit on which... To be fair, <laughs> I only came up with that because you guys are like, I'm tired of having to give book recommendations and pick books. I don't like what you're picking. And so I said, fine, let's do this. We don't have to think about it for yes, three months. You locked us, locked us into it. We did. You... That was the only requirement. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there I was reading Harrow, of course. Specifically, Harrow, not necessarily Gideon. Um, and it was oh, just like, oh, if I'm not reading. Gideon now? I'm Gideon sorry. I didn't like, but Harrow was torture. Like, that was just doubling and down. You adore so, Nona. I didn't adore Nona. I enjoyed Nona. <laughs> Let's make that clear. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like, a, oh boy, I'm definitely going to read this book again. It was more of a, that was not horrible. That I survived. <laughs> you know? And why are you revenging Kim? Because she's the one who picked, picked these books. books. Oh, so this is all payback for the lock jokes. Well, I would not necessarily payback. Yes, um, <laughs> yes and no, because like I was reading Harrow and I was in my head thinking, maybe not so much in words, but in feelings. Just like if I have to read these men, this many words, you know. I might as well be doing it on a book I enjoy. And I was like, oh, I should reread Anne at them. And then later on during that day when I was reading Harrow, I was like, I should make all of them read Anne at them so that they know <laughs> what it is to be stuck reading a bunch of words that they don't want necessarily want to be reading, you know? Because I didn't think you guys would really care for this book too much. I also didn't think you'd actually go for it though, since I, you know, 800 and something pages. Uh, it seemed like a long shot. Um, okay, I got my birthday pick still to settle on. Yeah, yeah. Revenge, it's just a bloody Vicious cycle. cycle. <laughs> Vicious cycle, yes, it'll never end now. Um, but I do genuinely enjoy this book. I will say that this is like the fourth time I've read it, I think. Um, and I'm sorry. You have chosen to read this many words in one book four times. Do you like get to a point where you just skip through certain portions because you know what's happening? No, 
No, not even legitimately like re not this time. Not this time. No, I've been like I don't think I've done it before, but I definitely didn't do it this time. That's what I was trying to get at. Um, because it's it's been a bit of a break since I read it last. I think. Um, although I am always tempted when we get to the the Masalan part where they're having the meals and they're the servitors in the background. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that part is still kind of uh, dull to me. But the first time I read this book, I did have trouble with it because I really just wanted to know what the superficial plot was. And I did not care about all of the metaphysical discussions that they had. Um, so yeah, didn't care for it so much the first time, but in rereading it, it's like, I don't know, every time I reread it, I feel like I get a bit of a deeper or better understanding of what all is being discussed and I find it interesting okay what about you Kim what were your feelings about this book well I think it's kind of funny that this was a revenge pick since this is the type exactly the type of shit I love um (laughs) it was revenge against me let's be clear yeah yeah even though you know it's it's harder for me to do a revenge pick that I like (laughs) this is true this is true no i really i liked it it was um at times difficult to (sighs) follow what philosophy they were discussing at any given point um i found the uh quantum explanations to be some of the most clear that i've i've read um, but my brain is befuddled, so I can't get into details on, you know, what I liked and what was particularly sad. Um, I did like the characters. Uh, I liked that they came in and out of the story at times. Um, but we could, you know, trust that they were going to be there. Um, and that there was a reason for the character to be part of the story. I, I felt... The main character was a little bumbling to be as successful as, as he was. But I also think that was intentional in that he wasn't as bubbling because that was his point of view. So he really wasn't as just uh, the brute strength that he thought he was, that he was actually quite smart and that they they knew what they were doing when they were uh, guiding him through his education to get to where he ended up being. Anyway. That was more than I intended to say. <laughs> Sorry. My feelings, which I'm sure Sarah is so excited to hear. You read the book. That's all that I needed. <laughs> I I don't know how I felt about this book. And it really comes down to the length of it and the philosophical conversation. If it was just like the plot being, you know, the whole aliens, not aliens from another universe, like, just trying to, like, settle themselves in the right timeline thing. Even the whole, like, a monastery that's dedicated to science. I, I, could, I could get around that. I was cool with that. There were times where the plot actually interests me. Then there would just be hours 
of them just discussing things. And it was so exhausting. And full disclosure, I did this as an audiobook. I, I just, I knew there was no way I was going to be able to, to sit there and physically just read it. So I did it as an audiobook. And I was doing it in like 30 to 40 minute increments because I was listening to it as I was driving to and from work. You know, I was like, I'm stuck. I'm dedicated to this time. And there were times where I was like, oh, I'm at work and I don't know how I got here because everything just turned me into zoning out. Um, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the main character. I liked his sibling. Um, some of the... Yeah, I, I can't remember names. I finished this about a week ago and then got really sick. Erasmus, or however you pronounce that, was the main character and his sibling. That's how you do it. How, you do how you. That is what? how you pronounce it. Okay. <laughs> That's what the audiobook said. I just can't remember it. Um, so I just like. I feel like 50% of this book I could have just like cut out. And in terms of like a story it would not like change anything but I also recognize that it's not what this author was doing um and it was more like the plot was supposed to support the conversations the author wanted to have which just kind of seems like like if, if you want to have these conversations just write a non-fiction discussing these conversations trying to wrap it in a fiction is just kind of annoying but I don't think that was the point. I think the point was to enable people who may not be able to grasp these concepts as easily to enable them to read a conversation that explains those concepts. Because um, I found that. To... What? You need to be invested enough to want to like actually. Like, they're not easy conversations. Even in the book. They may be easier than, like, a philosophy class, but they're not easy. No, no. But they enable, they ask the questions that should be asked without having to sit through the philosophy class while all the idiots ask the stupid questions. So you have somebody who's asking the less stupid questions, the ones that are more pointed, the ones that are going to lead to conclusions rather than we're gonna just gonna throw everything in the kitchen sink at the wall and see what sticks, um, which is what you get in these classes until people become more analytical on on what it is that they're discussing. It's it, it's just a thing to do. It's it's and I found it interesting. Now, could I could I point to the philosophies? Some of them, um, but most of them went over my head as far as what what the actual philosophy was that, that we were heading towards. Um, I think Martin would find this book absolutely freaking fascinating. Oh, yeah. But I don't see him having the time to read it any time in the near <laughs> future. Well, and, and I'll be honest, like it was all things that I have very limited interest in. They're not my special interests. Mathematics is not my special interest. Uh, religion not my special interest music not my special interest <laughs> so like it was really not like it wasn't lobbing anything towards me that I could be like oh I like that I want I know that let me let me have more um it was in philosophy I I 
hated my philosophy classes in college. Like, not a special interest. So I struggled. I really struggled. But I liked the plot. This is, this is a truly weird thing. Is I did like the premise of the plot. Even if I didn't care for the main character and all of the side conversations. So. I mean, like, it's funny because you are, like, where I was at the first time I read the book. I mean, I liked Erasmus. I didn't have any issues with him. But, like, side conversations, yeah, I was like, I just I, I just want to know what's going on. I don't need all this philosophical mumbo-jumbo, you know? Um, so that's kind of the reaction I had the first time I read it. It's just that I enjoyed the story a lot. So then at some point I was like, I should reread that. And then I did. And then all these conversations, yes, I have no interest in most of these subjects. And it just kind of makes them palatable. Whereas like if I was reading them in a textbook or I would not take a class for them unless forced to, but here I'm being exposed to them and kind of learning on those topics. So I do find that interesting. And that actually does happen um, in a lot of Neil Stevenson books because he finds something he really wants to talk about. He researches it a lot and then he just kind of layers it into his books. Um, not usually as a philosophy conversation, dialogue things, but you know, you usually learn a lot about a particular thing if you read one of his novels. Um, Which like is a cool way to do that, I guess. <laughs> um, I, I enjoy his books. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um. However, I and uh, I lost my thoughts there for a second. Sorry. I find it interesting, Sarah, that the things that you have previously been like, oh, why are we doing this in a book? We're in here, a wandering through the Arctic. I know. I read that part and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like the left hand of darkness all over again. I want me to get shit on for that. <laughs> um, but I would like to point out that I read this before those books. So this one has been grandfathered in. Um, oh, and like, oh, so, so there are clauses now too. <laughs> well, it's like Life After Life is like one of my favorite books, but I don't like books where characters die and Life After Life, mm, you know, there's a lot of that. And is yet, what? In this, yeah, but those are like side characters. Um, oh, he dies. Who? Erasmus. Erasmus. In an yeah. alternate, like timeline narrative, and his consciousness just sh shifts back to a different narrative, like life after life. Yeah, that is true. I get. Well, no. Yes. No. I don't know. Yes. Um, yes. I've read both. Yes. Maybe not like in a continuously like let's repeat the life, but like essentially <laughs> we get the whole you kind of this this alternate existence has played out to a certain extent to the same level. We're just not like making you relive that. God, could you imagine this book would be like twice as long if we got to that point and then we had to like retcon back to like start over again? Oh my god. Start over again. No, I don't think the book would have gotten past the publisher at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, anyway. I was like, I could, I could see this, and I was like, I can see all of the things Sarah doesn't like in here, and all of the things she loved, and we got to that point, and I'm like, she freaking managed to get me with another life after life. Oh, okay, well, I, totally, what this you is described as life, life after, after life, life, I think that's, you're being a little extreme. He dies once. But there's the implication that, like, it's not, it, because there's, there's he dies, and then there's the 
a scenario where the thousander like has the conversation and then just disappears and there's an implication that that isn't the, actually the final scenario and there's some other scenario where his sibling ends That's up there and then simultaneously in universes throughout I know. everything the ones adjacent to his narrative anyway yeah the yeah. ones that were very very similar i know it just like it was given and it's like you don't go through five. each character like go through this photographs of their life and then they die like that's more life after life this is just again it's still one possible path similar vibes <laughs> i was like of course this is sarah like like you need you like that but it has to be like a very particular sweet spot it can't be Probably. done the exact it same depends way on the author's skill and execution well, and, and you don't want it to be the exact same style over and over again. That's why you didn't like The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. That was a boring book. And it was not at the same level as Life After Life. But it still replicates a similar vibe to it. Um, and I think, think just, just hear me out. You want it to be similar, but not too close. You like the whole repercussions of like, like, scenarios playing out and consequences of one's action but you don't want life after life every single time again because you've already read it you, you don't want it again <laughs> you you don't like repeating what you love <laughs> i mean there is the perfect version so why would you go with the lesser version <laughs> some um, knockoff you know <laughs> oh yeah but yeah the arctic wandering i was like really sarah which again, this more is was happening your, in that scene though. I was gonna say this is probably your perfect version versus what Ursula Le Guin did, <laughs> and so like that was like a knockoff in your mind versus what you had already experienced because like at least this had you know a dynamic like train ride, Nagim, bobber, isolation, death, risks, blah blah blah. Uh, while it's there, yeah. they just wandered around and discussed their feelings. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was re before we got to that scene. I was like, "Isn't this the book where they go off into the Arctic?" And I was like, "No, that can't be." And then I was, and then they got to the Arctic. I was like, "Oh, yes, this yep, is yep, the one." Is. Whoops. Oopsie <laughs> doopsie. Oh man. Um, I will say. I got about 60% and there was one moment where things happened and I went to go talk to Kim and, and Kim was like, this might be your done point because it's my least favorite thing, which is the fact that Erasmus spends so long looking for his mentor. We spend 60% where his whole goal is to get to what's his name? Arolo. Arolo. And then Arolo dies. Yeah. And I was like, she couldn't even appreciate the sacrifice. She was so mad. No, I was so mad. We spent so, like, 60% is like 600 words. That is an entire novel trying to get to this character for like a chapter or two for him to just die. He didn't just die. He sacrificed himself for everybody. Like, not just everybody in his universe, everybody. No, everybody. but like it was just everybody. So much time spent, and I knew like part of me knew it was coming because I kept talking about the saints, and I was like, "Oh, he's gonna end up being a saint. That means he's gotta die because like that's what happens when saints become saints. Is you don't become a saint until you die because this isn't the Grisha verse." 
but still to have spent 60 percent 600 plus words working towards that moment just to then pivot did not please me <laughs> but it had to happen i don't it care it had to happen for <laughs> to make the decisions that he made so that it all could lead up to the conclusion that it came to so that things could be repaired. Did Erasmus really make decisions or did he just go along with whatever anyone else decided for him? When did he truly make a decision for himself? I, I would like to know. Well, he could have stopped at any given point, so there's that. He could have said, I'm not going to go into space. He could have said any number of times that he wasn't going to do the things that he was being set up to do. He also but wasn't he... in charge. I mean, there was he was kind of in charge when they first left the, um, the constant or whatever, and he was, like, organizing people briefly. But after that, he was not in charge. He couldn't tell them what to do. Well, and he never once, like, like, just, he never made Which decisions Which is fine by me because he is he, he just, a like, young kid. Whatever anyone directed him to do, the Thousander says, go find Orlo. And he goes, finds Orlo. His girlfriend yeah, if A guy who like, has space, been alive for a really long time tells you to do something. And like, this speaks back to It seems to like that's a hint to go do it. He thought he was nothing more than brute force. That he was brought into the, the monastery, right? Monastery? The, I can't remember the terms. Um, just so he could pull the bells. He thought that was his sole purpose of being brought in there. That's why or he was afraid he was of selected. it. Yeah. Um, and, and so they had to guide him through to making those decisions to get where he ended up. I mean, there were people yeah. amongst this on the different levels that you know the thousanders and the you know that they knew what was happening they knew what needed to happen and so they needed to get him where he needed to be and he didn't trust himself he thought he was stupid it just didn't make for a fun main character in my opinion <laughs> i don't know i enjoy characters that don't think that they know everything um and are somehow always like the linchpin character that has to be the, the chosen one or whatever who suddenly is in charge of like a whole fucking kingdom when they're 17 years old and <laughs> is just like you know like a, a balance between the two <laughs> a little bit of choice a little lack of choice a nice fine like except for it makes for a for this type of a book, it makes for a better plot device because he's constantly questioning. It's how we end up in, in these philosophical questions. And these philosophical questions build on each other until he gets to the point where he understands the quantum physics of it all so that he can then make the ultimate decision. So it's, 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 it's a writing device, and it, it is done very well in this book. Yeah, I did I not think it. I would end up defending this book like this. <laughs> I will tell you, there is one thing that I quite enjoyed, and that was the discussion about thatched roofs. Of what? The thatched roofs that the thousanders have to use in order oh, to thatched roofs. Yeah. Okay, I heard hatch groups, and I was like, no, 
I didn't know what a hatch group was either. Thatched. <laughs> thatched. Roofs. Roofs. Yes. Roofs. For their nuclear waste. Yeah. That that was the conversation I enjoyed the most. I was like, oh, I wonder if this is accurate. I'm kind of curious. And then, uh, then I was just thinking about thatched roof TikTok, which is the thing. And how, like, <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> you follow the guy that does the smack in the whack? <laughs> I love the smack and the whack guy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're a little Sarah. She is questioning all of her choices at <laughs> moment. No. no. I do wish I was born in a different timeline where TikTok didn't exist, but alas, I am stuck Why? in this one. Why? Why do you wish TikTok didn't exist? <laughs> Social media in general, but especially TikTok disinformation machine. Come on. I don't watch it for the information. I yeah. watch guys who. But people do is the problem. Oh, yeah, obviously, because... you're not part of the problem because you don't go to it for your main information. <laughs> that doesn't but... apply solely to TikTok. As you said, it yeah. applies to all social media and it isn't a thing that exists and, and we're not getting away from. So, yeah. um, people yes. have got to. It doesn't mean I discerning. have to enjoy it. No, 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 no. Nobody's asking you to. We're not making you join TikTok. So that was just my I expression. I just sent you videos. Again. Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure if it was that or if it's because we were talking about thatched roofs. Oh, I don't care about thatched roofs. It was just TikTok. How dare you wish that you lived in England and don't care about thatched roofs? Shame. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're very soothing, soothing videos because they like just go... As they're like taking care of the roofs, and apparently they last like a really long time as long as you like go knock off all the debris off of them and stuff. I was like, this totally makes sense. Why the thousanders use like thatched roofs? It's not going to be as compromised if you just care for it. So. And they're very limited on what they can use. Yeah. So, anyways, that was my favorite part of the entire book. That's your discussion. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's it. Like there were, there was nothing else that like enthralled me more than the thatched truce. There you go. And I think All that's right. everything I have talked about. So you guys pick topics to discuss. <laughs> I liked his relationship with his sister. I I liked that there was that bond there that um existed even though they didn't really know each other and i thought it it, it played out nicely throughout the entire the entire book i will be honest towards the beginning i wasn't sure if it was a sister or not like the word for sibling was kind of weird it was just sib sib so. yeah so i didn't know if sib was like uh masculine feminine not and like they they didn't use the author didn't use a gender initially and I was like oh this is kind of cool although then later on he came across someone who he didn't know as what their gender was and he just assumed they were male and that kind of pissed me off but for like the first fourth of the book I wasn't sure if his sibling was male or female hmm. I just wasn't sure if she was um 
like sibling or just like cousin or half sibling um which i feel like is kind of the vagueness that he was going for because it, it wasn't clear how that household was set up um that erasmus came from um but yeah i, I did like their relationship um and i like cord and Ewell just like being in the background for a lot of it and their interactions um mm-hmm. yeah i did like right yule is the one that that cord ends up marrying yeah. Like the hiking guy. Um, yeah. I think I he like was a guide or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just I like their handy. dynamic. Yeah. I wasn't so keen on Erasmus and whoever his love interest was. I don't know how her name is pronounced. Ayla? Ayla? Ayla. It's Ayla. Ayla. Okay. That, that solves a question that I've been wondering for like 15 years. My problem is, is I knew what it sounded like, but I couldn't visualize what it looked like, so I couldn't say it without, like, the two meeting up. So you saying it reminded me what it sounded like. Um, but yeah, Erasmus and Ayla, it's like, you don't know if she you like her. Everyone finally tells you, oh, hey, she likes you. You suddenly really like her. She disappears, and then your all-consuming thought at times is just to get back to her. And then get married. All consuming thoughts were to get to a Rolo. Yeah, but he was still like constantly thinking about her for having shared like a couple of kisses and maybe a hookup. Yeah, but he he did know her for like the 10 years that he was there. And he did like her. Yeah. He found her to be annoying. But he knew her. And then he saw her in a different light and he was like, oh, you know what? This might work. Yeah, I didn't like it. I just it 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 was kind of it reminded me of those conversations where they're like, oh yeah, the boy's pulling your pigtail on the playground. It's because he likes you. I always hated those conversations. I hate those conversations because no, it doesn't mean that. It means that they're being annoying and they're pulling on your pigtail. Let's not try to romanticize pulling on someone's pigtail. Sorry. <laughs> it just gave me that same vibe and it makes me icky okay <laughs> I thought it was an important point their relationship because when he finally dies but then isn't dead and she comes in she's different she behaves very differently she is not the same as the one that he had met originally in his universe. And that popped him over to and revives him with sex. Oh God, Amber, knock <laughs> it off. She didn't revive him with sex. Came... Revived him. I was gonna say he was revived. They had sex. It, it, it's not even remotely healing that. sex. What? It was healing. No, sex. it wasn't healing sex. He was already revived. Yes, fine. He was revived, but it was healing sex because he makes some comment no. of like, I need to be warmer. What's the better way to be warmer than to have sex? I was like, really? They're flirting. Yes. No, Amberly. Oh, the sorry. point was she behaved differently. It was a way to show that he wasn't where he was originally. Because oh, she wasn't all. 
I mean, I she thought that was how I interpreted it. Meeting the mission. She came in and she was like, you're alive. I want you. She hadn't shown that behavior prior to that. Yeah. Well, before that, 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 she, she wasn't was sure because there was the stuff going on with Jessery. And then, then she was sending them all very likely to their deaths. So she was not going right. to but indulge in any her. sort of. That was yeah. other her, not yeah. new universe her. New universe her was all about him. Yeah. He even makes a comment because about the it at one point. Because had been resolved. No, yeah. he, he makes a right. comment it's, about it's, that it's, her being different. But that, it, that wasn't it, his, yes, Ayla. Crisis is resolved, but that's, yeah. But yeah, I don't, that, that, I, yeah, see, I don't get that feeling from this book that he went to a different timeline. I feel like he visited different timelines. He was in the multi simultaneously with Jod and then at the end of it ended up he was back on the main timeline and just the actions in those other ones reverberated yeah no I think he died in the original timeline yep I don't get that because he doesn't even start out when he is in the timeline where he dies he comes to he is not like he is suddenly he was uh, suffocating basically in that airlock and then suddenly he's with Jod. He doesn't know where anyone is. Like he jumped into that timeline. His consciousness just like drifted into it or was pulled into it by Jod. I don't know. But he was visiting that one and he died. And he, so yeah. he switched to a different one. But that was I, not I, the same one. I still think the, the ending one, one isn't, isn't his original one. It's not his Ayla. He, I, remember, I remember him making some kind of comment about how this Ayla was not the same Ayla. I think they just kind of drifted, or at least the people who went into space, because they all knew at the end. They're like, we know Jod survived and stuff. So they had all kind of traveled and it was confusing and they were like almost a fever dream. They couldn't communicate with the world. Um, but Jod was dead in that one. So it's not the original timeline. It's not the original universe. Well, Jod because became absent from it. But the people and on the ground change. said he. And there's the Redders and the Encanters, and I always forget which one's which, but like they can change things in the past, kind of, to. Um... Oh, God, I can't. That's the part that I always get tripped up on, um, no matter how many times I read it, is which one does which and what it's actually doing the whole parking lot dinosaur discussion um i just remember that it didn't come off as his ayla and that he didn't think it was his ayla that she was too affectionate for being his ayla <laughs> he might have been surprised but it like if that but was not way... supposed to be his ayla it was not emphasized enough that he felt it was not his ayla like he would have been significantly more bothered if he so, thought he was in like the wrong timeline. But I, I think it's the Ayla he wanted. But I don't think he thinks she's the wrong Ayla. He might be like, oh, you're different now. But there was a big difference in the setting like before and after their reunion. Like, or, you know. But I think that's kind of the point is the discussion and the debate and 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 the whole quantum aspect of it all um so your impression that it isn't my impression is that it is it's mm-hmm. amber's impression that it is um so i i don't think i don't 
think there's any resolution in that unless the author was to come out and say flat out it's a different ALA or it's the same ALA. Um, or, or the author would probably say it doesn't really matter. They are all the same and they are all different um, because that's how quantum physics I mean, works. to a certain uh, extent, if they're, yeah, because uh, their consciousness are entangled with others that are nearby in the narrative, like other narratives. So it's almost like they wouldn't, I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to think or what I'm thinking. Um, it's like a singular consciousness that kind of, you know, could be in multiple at the same time. So yeah, it wouldn't be different. <laughs> Never mind. I don't know what yeah, I'm saying. No, it's yeah, there but I, I found watched... that whole concept very interesting in this book with the whole like, like multiple universes and stuff. Because usually in comic books it's just like it's the same universe, just one detail is different or something like that. But I just feel like this is kind of similar, but there's more scientific like explanation trying to show how this would be plausible if it was a real thing. Um, so I really like how he developed his like parallel universes. Although I don't think he liked calling them parallel universes. No, because they wouldn't be parallel, but yeah. yeah. Because yeah, parallel means that. they would never. Yeah, never. So touch. the whole point is that they like, as they failed, they they like knocked off. It, it's like it was like a. The only way I could describe it is like a tree, and as the branches died, they just got trimmed until it's like it was the shape the, it needed to be. The the line in Loki. At the end, where it's showing all the universe with all the branches yeah. going yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, however, I just discovered it was a movie, and I could have watched a movie instead of reading it. This was a movie? Yeah! They made this into a movie? I uh, think so. There's at least a trailer. There's no way it would cover this book in any way, shape, or form. That, yeah, that would be, be like reading a real, not even a Sparknotes version. That would be... Okay, so it's a trailer for the book, mm -hmm. but it recreates like I don't, I don't know. I can't find it. I'm trying to find it. Oh, YouTube. That was a thing for a short period of time was to make trailers for books. Yeah, and so I guess in two, I mean two thousand eight, it's <laughs> out right. Yeah, two thousand eight. Yeah. Noisy. I just know like there's was that me? Pictures. I'm sorry. What was? You said, ooh, noisy. No, no, no. I was trying to find the video and then, like, a weird commercial played on YouTube instead of, like, giving me a chance oh. to actually pause it. Um, I just, there's apparently an entire wiki dedicated to Anathem. I could have just, like, wikied it and it would have been easier. Aw, shucks. Too bad you didn't learn that sooner. No kidding. Haven't Although you guys come out to do that with books, I do that with almost every book you guys make me read. It's like I have no idea where this is going. I'm just going to wiki this. Well, and sometimes figure out there's what's a going Wikipedia on. for it, but there isn't always like a detailed like Wikipedia, summary that would actually like, get you through one of like, these conversations. Like, this is fandom.com. It was a Wikipedia made by fans specifically for this book. Yep. Huh. Cool, cool, cool. Here. 
So anyone who wants to look at it without having to read it, it's anathem.fandom.com backslash wiki backslash anathem underscore wiki. Good God. Yeah, I didn't say it was easy. Okay, so were there any other critical points that you guys wanted to discuss? Um, I think one of the other reasons why I like this book so much is just because it goes from being a monastery to being in space. I love surprise space <laughs> adventures in books or games, anything. Yeah. I'm a sucker I like that for too. it. Does not surprise me. Once we got to the space, I was like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah, that's where it's like, oh, this is my favorite part is when they finally get up into space. Um, I might have enjoyed it if we were like got to that point at like 50%. I would have happily spent 50% of the book being in space. But the fact that it was only like the last 20% had me going like, of course, now we're in space. <laughs> ratios, man. The ratios were off. I mean, if you book. wanted to spend more time in space, maybe. I'm not actually sure it takes them a while to get there. You could read Seven Eves by Neil Stevenson. That's also uh, uh, more of an apocalyptic book, but they do go into space. Or so. I will find a space book that is all space. Yeah, but that's not as fun as that. No, it is transition. because it gives me what I want. Okay, so like, yes, if that is what you I'm want. I'm so excited hey, for Lightbringer. Read... Okay, there's that. I'm not going to read that one. But um, <laughs> Darkness Outside of Us, we're going to read that. And that one takes it place exclusively space. in space, I believe. I know. I'm excited for that one. Not horror in space, but it, it's space. So I will be fine with that space. I mean, it's not horror horror, but there. I mean, there's some elements there. Okay, well, then I'm excited for it. I just have it chilling out on my bookshelf. Um, but I got to read Fourth Wing first, which I have all kinds of thoughts for that, but we're not discussing that today. I haven't read it yet. I mean, you guys could talk about it if you want. No, you're going to read it and we're all going to talk about it because we're going to discuss how much it is or is not like Anne McCaffrey. Should we talk about how this one is or isn't like Anne McCaffrey just because we haven't mentioned her until well, now? I just mentioned her. Well, we and have mentioned her. Nothing, so. nothing like Anne McCaffrey. <laughs> what this book yeah had dragons in it and space so when did it have dragons uh the pink nerve gas farting dragon discussion it wasn't an actual dragon but you know oh. they still talked about them <laughs> i chose to just like forget about that conversation because it was weird it's not the kinds of conversations i care to read about I'd rather it have actual dragons. Oh, however, much to Sarah's disgust, I when that did come up, it happened to be trending on TikTok where there's this particular bookstore that they have a display that someone creates as to whether or not a book has dragons. That's the entire premise of the, the books is they put books up and they have little cards telling you whether or not there are dragons and how much dragons. And I could just picture Anathem. Does it have dragons? Yes, no, theoretically. <laughs> they did include dragon riders of pur on that display and was, <laughs> of course there are dragons in this one <laughs> i mean that would have been handy when i was much younger and i would go to the library looking for books 
that had dragons and then the books would say dragon or something in the name or they would have a picture of a dragon and then you read it and there isn't a goddamn single dragon in there infuriating yep just the worst maybe maybe i should convince them to let me do that at work because obviously fourth wing is really popular i'm sure we're going to get a lot of interest in books and dragons and i could just like create a display with whether or not it has dragons (laughs) <laughs> and they included a couple that don't have dragons so like the display does like occasionally not have dragon books just in case you want a non-dragon book in the dragon but does it tell display. them that there are not actual yes. dragons yes. okay good yes. as long as it it's being say, upfront about it yeah yeah yeah, it, yeah. it goes you know it'll say the name it'll be like no this one doesn't have dragons but it does have this um okay. or ones that have dragon names that don't have dragons they'll be like the title has a dragon there are no title no all dragons in this book Oh, um, that's what I needed back in the yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. No, this book, this bookstore has completely and utterly done that. And I'm like, this is fantastic. I wish more displays were like this, where it was like, yes, it does have this. No, it doesn't have that. Um, like there's a point where it's like it has Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, and they're like, The Hobbit, of course it has a dragon. Lord of the Rings, no, but you can read the Hobbit to get the dragon first. <laughs> so like it's perfect I love it I love what they've been doing some of my favorite TikToks are there does it or does it not have dragons um so yeah (laughs) there we go that's my most excited moment of this entire episode is talking about dragons I don't know you're pretty excited about the thatch roofs I was you were you were (laughs) (laughs) to be fair in context of anism the thatched roofs were more exciting than the theoretical farting pink dragon well yes that was a very strange discussion but if i have a choice between discussing thatched roofs or dragons i am always going to choose to discuss dragons more than thatched roofs now you combine the two i'm down for it you can find me a book that revolves around thatched roofs and dragons i'm there i'm all yours i need nothing else i will read it and that is that. All right. Okay. Any other key conversation points? Nope. I liked how Earth was in this book. But it's yeah. not Earth. It is Earth. It Earth is, Earth. is the third world. La Terre, it's... because Jules Verne is French, so he says everything in French, but La Terre is earth in fact one of the people even refers to it as earth i think one of the ministers yeah, or something yeah, yeah so you know for a fact it was earth well um the end timeline was earth but the original timeline was ours no of the travelers of the travelers the geometers oh, oh the, the third race okay. was earth that they visited yeah not then oh okay okay i thought too. i thought you were saying that it all took place on earth and i was like no, no. they went through a long discussion about earth versus earth yeah, no, no, because I mean, like, it even tells you at the very beginning, there's a foreword saying this is not Earth, it's Earth-like, but it's not Yeah, that's then... why I, I thought you were crazy. <laughs> I know, the first time I read the book, I was tempted to believe that it was Earth, despite the foreword, and then you get to when they meet Jules Verne, Durand. Yes, I remember um, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, and they were, I was like, oh, they're from Earth. Um, I was devastated by Jules' wife. That was just cruel. Yeah, that was sad. That was cruel. So, yeah, (laughs) that's my extent of that. A little bit of emotion. I was bad. 
I was mad. Like, I was highly indifferent oh, to Jules. Then I started to like him. And then come to find out that the body in the spaceship was his wife. And I was just like, you... Why? Why must it be that traumatic? So, it really... I was hot and cold throughout this entire thing. Pure hot and cold. So. Anything else? Or do I get to go eat and Kim gets to go sleep? Um. can't think of anything in particular okay so we are not quite prepared for our view rating system as of the time of recording so do you guys want to do the old rating system or just do an overview rating rating system like just like what were your ultimate stars Are you meaning like how exciting emotional yeah, yeah, yeah. reaction? I want to do that one. Okay. So the first one is how exciting. There, how exciting was this book? <laughs> I want to do this rating, I say, and then have no idea what I would actually rate it. <laughs> um, golly gee. Because like there are parts like when he's on the glacier, um, the action-y scenes in the glacier, not the part where he's just like on the train. Um, <laughs> or like the whole space scene I found pretty exciting. Like everything about that from like the launch to breaking onto the ship and then um, kind of being pulled through the different narratives. I would give that like a five. But then obviously it does have to balance with all of the discussions where they really aren't doing anything and just walking you through philosophy. Um, so I guess I would give it a four because those ones I would say is like a three for, uh, excitingness when it comes to the dialogue. Okay. So you give it a four. Kim? Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half. I didn't, I didn't find much, any of it very exciting. I found it interesting. I found it, uh, brain engaging but not 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 a lot of excitement okay uh, i give it a three because like i said i was oh, hot and cold it's, it's more than you... i was expecting <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm gonna surprise you on this one sarah so yeah uh three okay because i was just hot and cold some days i was like oh i gotta listen to this other days i was like oh god i gotta listen to this so okay ease of reading kim no, uh, three. It's hard okay. to read. Okay. Sarah. I mean, now with this read, I would say it's like a 4.5. There are some slow points, but it's easy for me to follow. But also that's after reading it four times now. So I'm just trying so to initially think of the first it was a time. one star and then it just built each no, time it, with another star. No, it was definitely <laughs> not a one star because I would never reread the book if it was a one star. Um maybe like a a three the first time. So again, averaging it out, I guess I'm gonna have to go with a four. Okay. Wait, no. You no, said this I time it was, it was a like four point five and the first time it was a three. So that would be a three point seven five if you're averaging right. out between the two. So. I forgot I did a 4.5 and not a 5. Sorry. Uh, 
math is not my strong suit here, which is why I struggled <laughs> the first time I read the book. Um, so it's a 3.75. I feel like though I should probably go with how I felt the first time, like for a new reader, how I would describe the ease of reading. So maybe I should just like stick it with a a three or a 3.5, I don't know, 3.25. Okay. okay. We took that so from a four point five down to three four and a half. I don't fucking know, you guys. I don't know. <laughs> Just take a number and go with it. <laughs> okay. Um, I give it a two. That's spirit. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't quite get to the point where I was like, I must DNF this. But it got very close. So two. It's not mm-hmm. an easy read. It's just it's Once not you an DNF easy a book, then I will be allowed to DNF books too. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. Kim kept forcing me because she's like, if you DNF it, there's no turning back. Sarah will always DNF books. I'm like, I know, <laughs> but like I'm trying and this is hard. So it's a two. Set a precedent, set a precedent, set a precedent. Come on. No. Nope. There's still I'm time. Determined. <laughs> <coughs> Good okay. Lord, just heal. I know. I'm sorry. Oh man, I if wish. only I could. Must suck being sick, man. Yep. This is day six. Day six. Damn, man. What is your and immune like, system doing? I've not been sick since before COVID. Me neither. Although I'm still not sick. So well. Fair warning, the first time you get sick after co- not having gotten sick in, like, four years is kind of shit. It's like your body can't remember how to be sick. I got it on an airplane. Oh, and yeah. didn't cough for however many hours because I didn't want to torment everybody on the plane. So I just sat there in misery and forced myself not to cough. So I think I just kept everything in when I shouldn't have. And now she may have pneumonia. <laughs> so. I may, I may not. I'm, I'm on antibiotics now, so. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, good luck. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> anyway, onward. and I, I have, a, I, I'm pretty sure I have a sinus infection, like right here. Just those usually last a while, though, don't they? I mean, I've never had one, but. I don't know, and if it does, I'm gonna be bad because, like, I think it developed into a sinus infection like today. Oh. Um, okay. But it so is so me, painful. Let me be the mommy. What color is your snot? <laughs> do we have to do this now? This side of my face is so clogged, nothing is coming I out. I don't care. Okay, well, once you get it to come out, if it's discolored, then you have an infection. If it is not discolored, you do not have a dis- an infection. I know. It, it has to be like, <laughs> I think it's green if it's an infection. Yellow is fine. One or the other. I can't remember. Anyway. Anyway. Emotional reaction, Sarah. <laughs> Their emotional reaction, not to the not conversation, but to the not most- that anyone is still listening <laughs> at this point. Um, we get through this. I need to care. seriously. Call. Although, honestly, who is going to listen to one that's for Anathem anyway? They'll be like, "Oh, going to so- recognize this book." We'll go. Oh, it's Sarah's pick. I'm so hopeful because I vibe with Sarah so well. They're going to be like, "Not this bitch again." She's just going to talk <laughs> the entire time. I don't want to listen to her. I assume. Um, emotional <laughs> reaction, I would give this a five. Okay. Kim. 
Um, I felt very pleased when it was done. Pleased because uh, it was done or just pleased with the ending? And I'm going to clarify that I was pleased that it was done. And I was, it was like I was calm when it was done. It, it, there was, yeah. So it was a weird feeling when I finished it, um, which is why I came away from it going, I don't, I didn't hate it. I thought I was going to hate it um, up until it, it literally ended but it, it doesn't end great. It, it doesn't have like a great finishing. No, they get married. Sentence. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, Not even that, even... but he's just like, some other things happened, but I'm just going to end the account here. And then. Yeah. I'm about yeah, to go do the hanky kind of... panky. So like we're, you oh, know, I'm getting married. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'll, uh, I'll give it a three and a half. Okay. I give it a three. And that's because when I was hot, I was hot. When I was cold, when I was cold, it evens out to a solid three. That is the middle ground neutrality at its finest. Okay, Kim, overall reading. Um, despite my numbers, I'm going to give it a four. I think people should read it. I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's a good read. If you want an explanation of quantum physics, um, that's actually pretty understandable. It's a good route to go. Um, and then there's a lot of philosophy in there that you could. Um, yeah, a lot of metaphysical concepts that you can explore. And I love the way it eviscerates religion. I, I, that, that's the one thing I will say is it, it rips apart religion pretty hard. And I, and I do, I you do know quite what? like that. That is one thing that I forgot to mention is that um, one of the things that they talk about in this book is the, uh, the convict the the Klex, the Kelks or whatever, how they have the convict as like their religious basis where it's like a guy telling a story to see if he's gonna get executed or not. And so oh, the, the magistrate. In this, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I just like how it, it seems really absurd, but then honestly, if you just think about all of the religious <laughs> stories, yeah, just, it's like yeah. equally and sometimes randomly I just kind of even when it's been years after I read the book, and again, I do not believe in it, but sometimes I think about that when I'm doing things, making actions and whatnot, making actions, taking actions. <laughs> I would just think, actions. what would what the magistrate say? Of the actions. How the magistrate the way this book kind of converted me. me to that, to that fictional religion, so. Yep, yep. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, overall rating. So, was Kim going to say something? She's uh, trying to say so. Nope. Okay. Uh, my overall rating is a five. Okay. Nine is a three. Okay. I mean, that's more than I expected, so. <laughs> it, it really, like, it truly fell in neutrality. It fell on neutrality. So, sorry, I, I had someone come in. Um, okay, any final thoughts? Uh, nope. Yep. Nope. 
Thank you for the read. I'll say that, Sarah. Thank you for the read because I, I I didn't even know it existed as a book. So I, I'm glad to have read it. Thank you for <laughs> occupying significant hours of my drive time with this audiobook. You're welcome. <laughs> it was a pleasure to inflict it. I will be plotting my revenge. Of course you will be. I just tell you it this won't side, be hard like, for you to get. I'm just trying to decide, like, do I torture you or do I pick something that just purely I want to read and any torture you receive for it is just simply icing on the I mean, Just read yeah. something that you want to read. It will likely torture me. Like, How? <laughs> you know, sometimes I pick books that you like. You do remember that, right? That is true. <laughs> But it is less common as time goes on. <laughs> I feel like that is a statement on your taste, not mine. <laughs> I mean, I, I will not contest the fact that my tastes have been changing. Like, yeah. It's like food. I just consume what I like until I hate it. And now I can't stand it. And so I have to find something else, which is where I'm at right now. Can't really find any books that I really, truly enjoy anymore. And I am just so bored so instead of just having safe foods you have safe books and when you overwhelm your safe book options you get stuck in the equal or the the limbo of no safe book options to eat well i mean i guess i do have my safe books and the, the ones that i like own because those are like my favorite oh, no, no, favorites. No, no, but i mean safe books but... like genres Genre. Like you have your genre, your safe books. Like see if it's that way, man. And then I... you overconsume it and you lose your safe books. Well, all the other genres suck, so I have to read just like one and then and then they all start feeling really generic. And I mean that's where I'm at with like romance right now. It's just not doing it for me. Um that, that is the fallacy of safe food, safe books is eventually you overconsume and wear yourself out on it. Yep, I do not know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go crazy, probably. You're just going to keep reading whatever we send to you, and eventually one of them will trigger another safe book, and then you'll consume that like your life depends or on it. a mental break. And we don't know what will happen then. It's always <laughs> well, different each time. <laughs> you are getting a couple, couple of weeks. What? You are getting a couple weeks if, like, we manage to get to fourth wing by this weekend, so. No, because we have some bear trials. That's not till like, June. It is late May right now. I'm sorry I got sick and cut down your break time. I mean, even if you hadn't, it's still, we'd be reading fourth wing right now, and it's still late May, and we're doing Sun Bear Trials, what, early June, so. Yeah, by, like, I think June 6th at the latest, because it comes out June 8th. Yeah. All right, guys, it's going on 11. I gotta get up <laughs> and work in the morning. On that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Neiman, and it's called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcast. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also support us on bookshop.org. Our link is available via our social media. 
You can also email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. 